It's 5 o'clock on the most listened to sports talk show for your ride home. What? It is time for the Falcons Report. Guns it. Caught. Touchdown Atlanta in the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. You shall not pass. The 5 o'clock Falcons Report. Oh, my heaven. The 5 o'clock Falcons Report is brought to you by Jack Daniels. Make it count. Jack Daniels. Please drink responsibly. And sponsored by MD Anderson Cancer Center on Dukes and Bell. We are Dukes and Bell. We start off every day and every hour by saying, hey, man. Hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl as much as we did. The ending, somewhat disappointing, not from a win or loss standpoint. Mm. Listen, I, I get asked this all the time. What are you rooting for? Interesting. I want drama. I got it last night. But, Mike, 38-35, as the mm. Eagles fall, it just didn't feel like that climatic thing that was supposed to happen at well, the end of this game. Because of the call. And, again, they, they made the call. It was the accurate call. Held the Eagles defender. Bradbury even said, I did it. But the problem was we were leaning and, and getting into, okay, they're going to score. They're going to give the Eagles too much time. We mm. may get another drive. We may get a game-winning touchdown. We may get a field goal. We may get overtime. And it was good football. I was ready for some more. But, uh, unfortunately, it just takes I – mean, the game was great. But if, if we're talking aesthetically, now it's, okay – Eagles are out of timeouts. You're taking a knee. You're burning clock. Boo! And, and there you go. And, you know, and look, it's a smart play. You know, who's it uh, when, he, when he took the knee? Who's it for the Chiefs when he took McKinnon? McKinnon Jerick McKinnon on the one. Smart play. Hometown boy, by the way. And uh, so there you go. But it just, you're right. It was building up to maybe a classic, and it was a really good game, but that one just, unless you're an Eagles, you know, Eagles fan, obviously you're hearing your beer, but it fizzled. Yeah, he played at Sprayberry High School, for those yep. who don't know, um, and has made a really good career in the NFL. But here's the thing, guys. Um, as we talk about last night's game, and we're going to play these calls for you because a lot of people feel like this was the difference in the game. It was not. It was not the Bradbury call. I didn't like the timing of the call, but it was not the reason why the Eagles lost. The Eagles lost because they didn't do what they did all year long. This is like going into the NBA Finals and telling you Michael Jordan's not going to give you 30. Mm. That's what happened last night with the Eagles. When you lead the league in sacks, when you've had the kind of season they've had up front with their front four, where guys all have double-digit sacks, and, you know, Hassan Reddick's got 19 and a half, and you don't sack their quarterback one time, two quarterback hits, that's the issue. You didn't do what you were supposed to do, what you've done all season long. And, Mike, the other thing about this game last night is, you know, we don't know what we have at quarterback yet. And I'm talking about our Falcons. I don't want to disparage Desmond Ritter because I still don't want to to say yay or nay. But, Mike, I do know this. You need a stud at quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Right. And last night we saw two go head-to-head. The game was so good from the quarterback position, you didn't want to see either one of these guys lose. Jalen Hurts was so good last night, you're like, damn. Even if you weren't rooting for the Eagles or you had money on it or however you were viewing the game, you said – this guy is really good. You know what Patrick Mahomes is. But the Burrows of the world, Mike, these guys that we've seen over the last few years, Matthew Stafford's been good for years. He's just been lost in Detroit. Got with a good coach, had a defense, and you see what, what's capable. I don't know if we've got that guy, but, Mike, I know this is the kind of player you need to win a Super Bowl. Now, he got to throw 148 passes in his first season, Jalen Hurts. Now, Desmond Ritter didn't get, I don't think, got that many, but he did come on at the end of the season when they finally pivoted to Hurts with not a lot of weapons, with one good tight end and a lot of journeymen and practice squad wide receivers. And then in the last two years, the Eagles have loaded up, and this team is pretty amazing. 
I, I know that Jalen Hurts is a dynamic runner. Ritter did run at Cincinnati, but I know that if you're an Eagles fan, you probably felt about Jalen Hurts the way some of us feel about Ritter two years ago. I think that's fair. And so I just think give it time. And like I know that some of this is the narrative. It's it's I'm uh, I'm predisposed to want Ritter to be the guy. So I'm 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 pushing this because I want this team to be able to go and do the other things and not have to spend on quarterback. So some of that's wishful thinking. But you could argue that. Yeah, Jalen Hurts is a rock star. You see that. And other than the one fumble where he dropped the ball, no one hit him. This guy was on on fire. Had better stats than Mahomes, which is amazing. He did. Uh, I thought he made the three best throws in the game last night. Patrick threw a couple of touchdowns. Those were wide open because of scheme. Mm. But the throws, there were three last night. The one A.J. Brown, he throws up there. My my guy's going to make a play. I mean, the the, the corner the, gets twisted. That was a beautiful. I mean, that was that the whole thing was designed. It was amazing. He lets it rip. He did. He let it go. And then and then the play that I thought was a catch again, and we'll probably mm. argue to the next season, which was Devontae Smith on the sideline. He drops that in like he dropped it right over his shoulder. I mean, like like he was yeah. flying over the top of him, and here you go, and he catches it. But but he was great last night. But a play that everybody's talking about is a holding call. It was not a pass interference call, and this is. James Bradbury, he, by the way, is an all-pro. For those who don't know, this is one of the best corners, at least this year in the league. He's going up against Juju Smith, and this is what it sounded like for our, with our buddy Kevin Harlan, who came on the show uh, last week. Mahomes in the gun. Receiver in motion. Mahomes will get the shotgun snap low, picks it up, backpedals and throws an arching pass in the end zone. No one home. Back corner. Incomplete. Flag thrown. <laughs> Flag thrown. On the far sideline. That's going to be a defensive holding, I believe. Mm. That was the play. Now, I don't know what your reaction was. Mine was just a disappointment. Right. And you've talked about these officials uh, and, you know, the fact that they've been the story too much. Now, last night, can't swallow the whistle there? You can't, you can't swallow <sighs> the whistle? But, I mean, and you and I talked about it. We just gave you the scenario. You'd like to see the game be decided by the players. But this is the NFL that they've created. Mm. They've chipped away at the defense's ability to play defense for the last 20 years. It's true. Going back to, you know, I, I said it all started with the Patriots. Rodney Harrison in the corners for the Patriots, you know, beating up Marvin Harrison. Remember that? And the, and the, uh, the Colts receivers, Reggie Wayne. So they've taken away the de- defense. Can't do anything. We want scoring. We want action. You can't hit the quarterback. You can't touch the receiver. So you put the refs in a position where, but this is where it gets tricky. How do you not swallow the whistle in that moment when it is really, be honest, the ball was not catchable. I don't think. No, I don't either. I don't think it was a catchable pass. I don't think. Meanwhile, the one thing you mentioned, the Devontae Smith catch, no catch. See, this the NFL's created this monster where going all the way back to Des Bryant in Green Bay, we don't know what it catches anymore. And that was a catch to me. He took two steps and he fell out of bounds. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's, it's just if you're going to set a precedent early in the game, and this is what I said earlier in the show for those who miss it, if you're going to come out and say, hey, wide receivers, DBs, I'm calling this. I want you guys to know. And a lot of times, I got to tell you guys, the officials meet with guys before games. Mm-hmm. Guys will be talking about certain guys because everybody's trying to get an edge, okay? And a receiver will say, hey, official, number 28, he holds a lot. He holds. And all of a sudden, you've got it in the mind of the official. And officials say, hey, I understand. Appreciate mm-hmm. that. We'll be watching this afternoon. Those kind of things happen, okay? So when you start trying to maneuver and get an edge, Mike, I think the, the, the problem I have, the biggest issue is just the consistency. If they call that same play, there was a similar play in the first quarter, he holds Juju. There's no call. Different route, but he holds right. him. 
and you call that later. If you call in the first quarter, I wouldn't have had as big of a problem with it. Let's hear what it sounded like on KC Radio. This is the Bradbury play that a lot of people are saying holding the Eagles back from potentially winning the game. Smith-Schuster in motion left. They try to run a pivot out that way. Now a fade left side. It'll be overthrown. And a flag on the play. Is this going to be in a late hit on the Eagles? If it is, it'll be. No, no. It's on the Chiefs, maybe. But Mahomes hmm. is pointing toward the Eagles. Looked like it was holding on Juju Smith-Schuster by the defense. It's an automatic first down. They're going to say holding on. Fire to the pass. Holding. Number 24. Defense. Automatic first down. Juju Smith. Schuster. And at that point, you knew the game was over, right? Right. I mean, at that point, they're not going to do anything but sit on it, set themselves up for the field goal. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 the game. Um, Patrick Mahomes was brilliant last night. We don't want to take away from what he was able to do. Um, we talked about it. In the second half, he had one incompletion. Mike, you use this term clutch all the time. Right. Is there anybody more clutch in the NFL than Patrick Mahomes? No, and you said it. I mean, the story of this game, we can talk about the refs, but Philly fans, you've got to say, you've got to know you were being touted as the greatest defense since the 85 Bears, and the stats were bearing it out. You couldn't lay a hand. You, I mean, it's a sack. You couldn't sack Patrick Mahomes. And Carl Patrick Mahomes, when how many guys at your, at your Super Bowl party, you thought, oh, that's it. When Mahomes looked awful coming off the field, obviously tape it up, shoot it up. Yeah. But, I mean, Mahomes, we said on Friday, if he's going to win, we're going to have to have some Mahomes magic. And you did, because you know this guy's going to turn it on. I thought the way that they, uh, I mentioned earlier to you, the touchdown with a Kelsey, Andy Reid and Biennemi, little bit of motion, simple little thing. You're watching on TV, doesn't look like anything fancy. All of a sudden, it creates a mismatch where the safety's now on Kelsey. It's how they get him open. They do all this stuff, but Patrick Mahomes is the guy driving that bus, and he was amazing. And I really thought once he got hit, I thought they were going to kill him. I thought that was it. But he, he showed some toughness. That's why everyone loves this guy, man. He's money. Let's hear about uh, Mahomes. He talked about nothing keeping him off the field, and and Turtle, let's hear that, and then I want him to, you to hear about what he said about Jalen Hurts. History was made last night. Two black quarterbacks facing off for the first time in Super Bowl history. We got a great game, but Mahomes was so impressed with Hurts' performance, he loved on him after the game and was talking about how good he was. But this is what he said about keeping him off the field. I told y'all this week, there's nothing that's going to keep me off that football field. And uh, I just want to shout out my teammates, man. We challenged each other. It took everybody to win this football game. So uh, shout out my teammates, baby. We're Super Bowl champs, baby. Let's go. O-line, in my opinion, the MVP. Nobody did this to the Eagles all year. Now, you gave Andy Reid and company, Mike, two weeks to prepare, but nobody did this defensively to the Eagles. Go look at their score log. Who put up? Who put up 38 on the Eagles this year? Right. And every expert, every analyst we spoke with this week, everybody you heard on the station said the Eagles' defense will be too much of a mismatch for the Chiefs' offensive line. Yep. And the the other thing we heard was the Chiefs will not be able to run the football, and they were. And Pacheco went for like 76, and they were getting – obviously, Patrick had a couple of big scrambles too. Does he run like a madman? Yeah. Pacheco, doesn't he? Yeah. It's like somebody opened a door, and he's like, ah! Reminds me a little bit like a Megan, but even faster. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you're talking about uh, the Giants. Look at that guy. little Megan run. Dave yes. Megan, yeah. yeah. I, I just, he runs so violently. Uh, it's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Let's hear Mahomes on Jalen Hurts. This was really cool, I thought, of him to even acknowledge the fact. He could he could be basking in the, the Super Bowl glory and say, hey, I'm the best ever. That's not Patrick Mahomes. If there was any doubters left, there, there shouldn't be now. I mean, the way he stepped up on this stage, I mean, that was a special performance. That I, I don't want to get, lo- I don't want it to get lost in the, in the, the loss that they had. I mean, for him to respond and move his team right down the football field and run it in himself for the two point conversion, it was a special performance by him, man. You make sure you appreciate that when you look back on this game. Mm. 
And that's great. And that's why, as we said, Patrick says all the right things. Just a rock star. Felt bad for Jalen Hurts. Again, I've I mentioned it a few times. The fumble did cost six. It was a, it was a bad situation where this, he, Chiefs needed some juice right there, and they got it. But he made back, made it up with a touchdown on the next drive. You saw how his team picked him up. Guy's a stud. Hopefully he gets back. But as we said, Carl, talking about Matt Ryan, the Falcon, you never know if you're getting back. You don't. The Falcon Report also brought to you by our friends at the Georgia Hemp Company. Fall in love with the Georgia Hemp Company this Valentine's Day in store. Decatur, Duluth, Sandy Springs, and Woodstock. Or head online at thegeorgiahempcompany.com. We've got plenty more to get to. Why was he crying? It's part of our story that people are talking about today. And we'll also talk about the other big thing that is brought to you by John Foyt Associates Personal Injury Law. Oh, lots of things happened last night, Super Bowl 57, and there's so much that went on. Um, One of the things we were talking about, and it was so blatantly obvious, was the field. How did the field become a big part of the story last night, Mike? How how does the NFL allow this to happen? I mean, it's an indoor stadium with a roof that opens up, and it was nice to have the open for the flyover, the old female naval aviator flyover was pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and this thing has been mentioned. The Chiefs actually had Harrison Butker have an injury because of the field's conditions. And players last night, they were switching shoes. I said to you, Carl, like a DSW on the sideline with the Eagles, man. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that, that's, this is the one game where that should never be an issue. And i got to be honest with you. We all love Scottsdale, and that Phoenix area is amazing. But if you can't get the field right, right. And, and, the, and the toaster oven with the, the tray that slides out doesn't make grass that you can run on, what the hell's the point? Yeah, I uh, let's hear from Dallas Goddard because he was talking about this because people were saying, hey, th- you know, the mm-hmm. field is also another reason that the Eagles should be upset. Listen, you have access. The trainers have access to tra- change cleats. Everybody right. was dealing with the same playing conditions. I just thought in the biggest game, this mm-hmm. should not have been an issue. Here's what Dallas Goddard said of the Eagles. A lot of us ch- did change cleats and uh, seemed to work a little bit better. Definitely not the reason we lost the game or anything, though. Yeah, I'm glad he owned it. It's not why they lost, but they shouldn't have to deal with anything like this. And they're just lucky, Mike, somebody didn't really get hurt last night. I mean, seriously, with the slipping and sliding and, you know, you can't plant. You saw kickers having issues with that. That's why the field goal at the end, there was a little – you were a little nervous, right? You were like – is, he, is Butner going to hit this? Yeah, the, the players talked about the, the phrase that they use in the, in the I guess, the, uh, the L.A. Times said the grass was sweating. <laughs> That's, that can't be good. No. And especially where the paint was, where they have the uh, the logo for the Super Bowl, both on, I guess, on 30 or 35-yard line. Either way, yeah, it's something you're like, how is this happening the biggest game? And remember, they used to make such a big deal when you had a Super Bowl in your town, the NFL comes in with their operations, guys, and <laughs> these are the best grounds crew in the world. So it sounds like to me that it's, uh, it's systemic for that stadium. And I think Especially it with Mahomes, because imagine had Mahomes really – more than he was injured when he got re-hit. But imagine if he had something happen because he just slips on his own. The biggest play of the game last night, just taking a poll here. Kadarius Tony's punt return? Yeah. Biggest play of the game? It's, it's, yeah, it's top three. It's top three. Um, I mean, I, you know me, I'm, you know, I'm, because the game came down to one possession, I'm still talking about because it's one thing if you got – yeah, there was pressure. Well, when Jalen Hurts just fumbles the football, and that's something, again – you know, we know he's got broad shoulders. He's going to take it. He went back on the next series. They scored a touchdown. He goes right down the field. They, first thing they do, you mentioned, they, they dial up a run play for Jalen Hurts. But to me, that was a big moment. That was a touchdown. That was instant six points, pick six. Let's, or I should say scoop and score. Let's hear uh, the longest punt return, by the way, in Super Bowl history, for those who are wondering, this 65-yarder last night. Mm. That I, I just felt like the momentum, if there was mm. any, because it was going back and forth. Right. This was the moment the Chiefs grabbed it. 
It was retrieved at the 30-yard line by Kadarius Tony. He dances and breaks the tackle. Runs laterally on the 35. Blockers ahead the near side 40. Blocker at the 50 on the near sideline, the 40. Getting a block at the 30 down the near sideline, the 20. He gets another block at the 10. He spins to the 5. 65-yard punt return. Kadarius Tony. It is the longest punt return in Super Bowl history. A dude who was literally left for dead the year after he was drafted by the Giants in the first round. They, they moved him out. They got they made the best deal they could. He had, like, what, three catches or two catches for the Giants this season earlier in the year? It's crazy. It, it just is. Um, other things that happened last night, and, Mike, I know you want to talk about the, the halftime show. Hmm. Nick Sirianni before the game, bowling, right? He is literally, if you've seen the memes and the right. pictures, but when they showed him, at first I was like, did something happen? Because, you know, again, we're at a party. I'm not paying attention. I just see him balling. He's crying like crazy. Uh, one of our listeners uh, said he listens to the Whitney Houston version of the national anthem before games. And then maybe, Mike, just being in the mm. moment, that I'm here. Like, right. I'm a head coach in the NFL, and I'm about to coach a team in mm. the Super Bowl. But did that catch you off guard a little bit? Yeah, I mean, at first, I, I mean, I know that the Kelseys are emotional guys. Jason Kelsey, the Eagles uh, lineman, he was kind of getting a little weepy. Yeah. But Chris Stapleton nailed it. That was everyone. I mean, I, I'm not a big country music guy, but Chris Stapleton transcends that because he's just a, a huge star. But uh, yeah, I, at first, I had some folks in my house that are ex, they're Delta, so there are a lot of guys that are ex Navy, and they were like, "Is there is, is there a connection there?" But it was interesting. I remember, you know, Whitney Houston. People were crying at Super Bowl 25 in Tampa, and for and then after 9/11. Obvious reasons, but yeah, that kind of struck me as odd at first when yeah, I saw it. Yeah, and you know, again, I mean, it's, not, it's great he's having real emotion, but interesting. D- does that take away from Nick Sirianni? No, no. not at all. Um, if you get a chance to live your dream and be in that moment, I have no issues with it. Mm-hmm. I just think a lot of people are like, "What is going on?" Is this? Yeah, thank you, Chris. Real men do cry. Is this going to affect him coaching at all? No. It did not. It, it had nothing to do with no. that. As Squidbelly Bo Morgan, our producer, said, he's an emotional guy. When they had the oh man, you see his reaction when they had to delay a game oh. and they couldn't get to play, and he was screaming at his uh, offensive assistants. He really was. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio ninety two nine. The game guys, we're talking about Super Bowl fifty seven. Uh, and two things we we got out of last night. You a believer in Jalen Hurts now? Yeah, well, you know, you and me were on this back in the day. We thought he'd be a star in the NFL. We I just got to put the pieces around him. I, I felt good about his makeup, Mike. You know, again, you go to a situation where you didn't know if he was going to have playing time because they just paid the guy in front of him. You right. didn't know how that was going to shake out. Um, big, big moment, though. You were talking about big moments in the game. The catch, no catch with Devontae Smith. Huge. We talked about you could have made that. That could have been a uh, touchdown. Yeah, it could have been 24-17. I mean, uh, 24, 20, uh, 28, 14, two touchdown lead going yep. to the halftime. It's huge. Yeah, they end up kicking a field goal. Um, that's what we were talking about, uh, you know, the officiating in this game. Final call, 38-35. Can I get the final call? Because the Chiefs win another one. Mm. Patrick Mahomes now has multiples. And this really sets him apart from all these other guys that we're talking about, Mike, generational from – you know, he's the best of this generation. Five years in the league, he's already got two Super Bowls, two MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs. Nobody in the history of the league has ever done this in this short a period of time. But this is what it sounded like as the game ended. All right, Hurts will be in the gun. Chiefs have got the lead on the field goal. 36-yard line of Philly. Shotgun snap to Hurts. Dropping back, only one person rushing. Hurts looking, standing still, winding up. Long pass. It lands at the 20. No one is there. Zeros on the clock. It's over. It's over. The Chiefs have won. The Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57. Yeah. 
And our boy Kevin Harlan with the call. It was a great game. It just the way it ended. You, I mean, you almost look at this. You're like me, and you bet the Chiefs. You're happy with it, but you were kind of hoping you'd see either a touchdown or a field goal. And then the Eagles have one more chance. Maybe we. But anytime you end a game, look, it's strategy. It takes a knee, the one yard line. They burn clock. Eagles yeah. have to burn their timeouts, and that's the way it went. It just fizzled, and the refs had a part in it. It really did. Let me hear Mahomes talking about Jalen Hurts uh, proving the doubters wrong. Both of these guys balled out last night. If there was any doubters left. There, there shouldn't be now. I mean, the way he stepped up on this stage. I mean, that was a special performance that I, I don't want to get. Lo- I don't want it to get lost in the in the the loss that they had. I mean, for him to respond and move his team right down the football field and run it in a conversion, it was a special performance by him, man. You make sure you appreciate that when you look back on this game. Woo. Yeah. I mean, did he outplay Mahomes, Mike? Well, Mahomes had the passing yards. I, that's one of the prop bets that I didn't win. I had the. I was going to Patrick Mahomes passing yards versus Jalen Hurts combined yards. And uh, in the combined yards, he beat him by a mile, over 300 yards passing. But unfortunately, you know, for the for the Eagles, Patrick Mahomes just had to be dialed it up when he had to. Yeah. Three touchdowns, as you said it. Two games where he's clearly limping and banged up. He has two big scrambles that were big, big parts of the game. Mahomes, by the way, the 13th starting quarterback to win multiple Super Bowls. You know the names. Mm-hmm. Bart Starr, Greasy Staubach, Bradshaw. Montana. Aikman, Elway. It's pretty exclusive. Yeah. Obviously, Tom Brady. It's an exclusive class. Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Peyton, that's what we said. You know, the, the validation of Peyton. Folks thought, remember, Peyton should have won two. The Saints beat Peyton in the second one. He goes to Denver. He, remember, he's two and two in the Super Bowl. That's right. But Peyton, that was a huge one. Eli's got two. Some guy's still scratching their head. Eli's got two, but he's got them. And now you begin to wonder, which of these teams? Now, Andy Reid, 64, we talked about earlier. He's got no intention of moving away. They got a machine, great GM, great GM at Philly. So is, are the Eagles going to be a team that's going to be in this mix? San Francisco will be back. We know oh, the usual yeah. suspects in the NFC. Well, listen, I trust that with the Philadelphia Eagles. He's been there for 20 years. Mm. And, and when you're able to get yourself like this and go to a different group and go right. back to the Super Bowl, what makes you think he won't be able to do that as this team continues to change? Problem is, what was considered to be the best offensive line, they got two guys on that line that may retire, Mike. They, right. they may just call it quits. Um, in Lane Johnson, so we'll see. That line could change. Hey, guys, we got more to get into. Yeah, why are people uh, dogging out Rihanna, too, by the way? Well, let's talk about it yeah. because that halftime show I thought was good. I don't know what you guys wanted. People, I don't know what people want to see at halftime. I think just people are going to complain about everything these days. I do. All right, we'll talk about it coming up on Dukes and Bell. It is Dukes and Bell. Hmm. Show started last night. We're talking about the halftime show with Rihanna. And she came out, and immediately people are reacting, as we do on social media, with, oh, she looks great. Oh, what is she doing? Um, For those of you who don't know, she's got a bun in the oven. Right. um, Crackers. Which didn't allow her to do some of the things, which is why she was on this platform, and it was basically going up and down, and all these dancers were out there, but didn't allow her to do some of the things that she wanted to do physically, Mike. And for everybody, it was like, oh, it was all right. Visually, it was great. But from a performance standpoint, Mike, you do these big shows, all these artists, for the most part, you're going to have areas where you're lip syncing. They they all all lip sync. They don't want the show, Right. right, to be screwed up. The last thing you need is to be on a platform, yeah. you know, 85 feet above the stadium and the mic. Right. So that stuff goes on. But I enjoyed it, and I'm a fan of Rihanna. My wife loves Rihanna. So I don't know what people want when you start talking about these halftime shows. I know they've gotten diverse and more diverse over the years. I said this when we started the show. At some point, we're going to have an all-country show. You're going to have all these great country artists, and I think you're trying to get a mix of people 
that you like. And then if you're a big enough pop star, a star, weekend, right? We're, and, and we don't pay attention to this. But, guys, when you talk about downloads and views and all this stuff with their music, hundreds of millions. We don't see that because, we, you know, we, we don't see that every day. Rihanna's a huge star. She just hadn't done anything in six years. But I don't yeah. know what people want. Well, I mean, that's I guess where it started. Now again, I mean, I'm not really in the target demographic. You know, I'm, I like I like all music, but I like harder rock. And you're never going to see a show like that at halftime. But I just thought, you know, she did everything that was prerequisite for a good. I mean, I don't know what people were expecting. Yes, we found out she's pregnant. So yeah, she couldn't be. Uh, there was not going to be a lot of skin shown. I have some guys want to see more more of that because we've seen Shakira and we've seen other stuff go down. Then of course. You know, the, I thought the platform thing was kind of cool. They are tethered. They had like this tethered thing, so you couldn't yeah, fall off. But right. it, it still looked pretty wild. But uh, yeah, I just think people complain to complain. Uh, I didn't really understand. I mean, you know, at my at my party, everything was kind of cool. But anybody, I can be honest, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I was just like, okay. But people get on social media and it's blah blah blah. And it's all this. But uh, yeah, I guess maybe because she hasn't had a hit in six years. Was that was that strike? Well, she one hadn't for had some an people? album out. I mean, she did twelve. Hits. She's yeah. got seventy-one million. Uh, views or followers or however you want to put it on Spotify. Right. Mike, th- she's one of the elite artists right. when you start talking about, hey, who's who's people listening right. to? And they had the Who play, you know, back when they got scared after Nipplegate, they had the Who and the Who hadn't had an album out in 20 years. Yeah. And they had them at play at halftime. Yeah, so, so uh, as far as hits, she did her hits mm-hmm. last night. Those are one, those were recognizable, and that's the other part. Mm-hmm. I think those are recognizable hits. But either way, I just think the halftime show, it doesn't matter who you have is always going to be criticized to a certain degree because you just can't please everybody. Unless this is like, you know, uh, what's the thing, the, the, the butt fest back in the day where you got 25 <laughs> groups up there. You're not going to yeah. please everybody. I thought the uh, the one last year, I mean, they, it was so, such a cool hip-hop thing for the elder of the West Coast scene. That one was great. I thought that was well executed with Dre and everybody else. Yes. Everyone seemed to really enjoy that. And then, you know, you got to be honest, we missed it here in Atlanta. They completely missed the opportunity to embrace all the great history of music, R&B, hip-hop, everything in Atlanta by sticking us with Maroon 5. You know, that made no sense. And then, of course, you know, then if you go too far, like the weekend down in Tampa, it was, it was uh, you know, it was performance art. He had this whole concept yeah. about the bandages and the whole thing. So, yeah, every, there's always going to be somebody scratching their head over it, I guess. Uh, yeah, and he's got a concert coming out. I guess they recorded his concert mm-hmm. uh, at SoFi, and it's coming out on HBO or Showtime or one of the others. There are artists that transcend. We're talking about the Super Bowl halftime performances. Dukes and Bell Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Hawks coming up tonight against the Hornets, 6.30 pregame. We'll talk more about the Hawks coming up in the 6 o'clock hour. If you missed Alex Anthopoulos, he stopped by the show today. Braves general manager talking about Braves pitchers and catchers reporting today. Yeah, believe it or not, spring training's here. And he had a lot to say. Uh, it's online at odyssey.com if you want to go check it out. Talking about Marcelo Zuna, Eddie Rosario, what we're going to do with the absence of Dansby. A lot of good stuff. We'll talk about that as well. But, Mike, some of these artists like Prince, they, they transcend. He was big enough and I think, you know, had been around long enough when he played the Super Bowl. What year was that? Was that 06, 07? Uh, that was the Miami. That was the, oh, Saints. Seven? That was the Saints beating the Colts. Okay. Right? And, and yeah. most people, I had a guy last night on social media who's like, look, nobody beats Prince. I'm like, I'm with Colts, you. Colts beating the Bears, 2007. I'm, six, I'm like, six, I'm, I'm a Prince guy. Mm-hmm. But some artists transcend this, this event right. of the Super Bowl. You don't need anybody else on stage with Prince, right? There are some groups that have played this, this Super Bowl. You don't need anybody else. But some of these groups decide to bring other people in. Rihanna didn't do that last night. And that was the other thing. I think people have kind of got exp- these, these mashups, if you will. Yes. And that's something we saw with Shakira and was it Christina Aguilera? Who was it? Was it two years ago? Was it Christina Aguilera? Who was it? J-Lo, sorry, J-Lo and Shakira, that was one that got people fired up. I mean, we've seen these, Oh, that's right. You know, that's and, right. And if you have, like, a rock element, you'll have a hip-hop element that comes in. You know, Britney Spears played with Aerosmith years ago down in Tampa. So that's, I guess, that's what it was. So it was pure Rihanna. There was nobody, you know, no. making, like, a, a guest star appearance. So I, whatever, like I said, I saw the stuff on social media. I thought, wow. 
People got people really got their back over a whole lot of nothing. Some of the other things you and I talked about the commercials uh, yesterday, and uh, I, I thought you know this year the tone. There were some that were funny. We played. I thought one of the funnier ones about the electrification, and it was kind of like a it's a play on words with the ED as you hear so often around. So that was great. The Will Ferrell one was kind of funny. That's also an EV car for yeah. uh, for GM. Yep. But the thing that I was just telling Carl because we're car guys here on the show. Did you guys see the ad? That was basically warning the dangers of the Tesla self-drive feature. Mm. Did you see that, Paul? That one was like, at my party, everybody's like, what in that? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's rewind? What's going on here? Yeah, and it was really weird to me that they showed the Tesla with a self-drive running over a kid, a fake kid. Right. No one would have stopped in the distance that kid came out. Right, like I could be driving, not all my cell phone, and I'd have ran over that kid. Yeah. So I don't know what the point was. But there's, and so I, I looked it up because Carl and I were like, right, "What's the story here?" There's a dude, I get dude. He's a billionaire, he's a multimillionaire who paid for this ad, and uh, he's a tech CEO. Paid for the whole shebang, uh, named Dan O'Dowd, and basically, in addition to the the car, it's warning about computer technology uh. running amok. I I guess like artificial intelligence running amok. So basically, this guy's trying to prevent Skynet from taking over. It sounds like. By the way, though, I'm not. I'm just not a fan. Did you guys see this? this I think it was in California. Guy rolls up on a on a lady in a Tesla. And, and by the way, these are stories that they're out there. She sleep, and the guy realizes. So he's like honking his horn, uh, uh-uh, trying to wake her. He's trying to do everything. She's just, they're just riding. And he f- starts filming because she's asleep. And he's like, right. this woman is asleep. I'm calling 911. Right. And she's just in the car. She's got shades on. But you see, she's lifeless. Like, she's not moving. Right. And the Tesla's going. And I'm sitting there, Mike, and I'm going, are we ready for this? See, are we ready you know, for you know, this? I got to be honest with you. I mean, first off, you and I, I get it. Some people, you know, a car is just simply a means of getting from point A to point B. And there's no romance attached to it. You and I love our cars. And I'd love to drive. Even in traffic, I love to be behind the wheel. But some people don't. And for them, they have this feature. But this feature, they, these guys are purporting, isn't everything that's cracked up. Yeah, but I don't need people sleep on the no. highway. No, but again, but here's the thing. People are idiots. And you put this technology in the hands of morons, you're going to have people get killed. So, and that was, I think, some of the point of the art, of the, what I took from the ad. Well, I've my neighbor has one, Chris. You want to ring? But my neighbor has one. <laughs> and I've, I've let him borrow my truck before. And I've, I've driven right. it. The Tesla with yeah. the self-driving. First off. It it like shakes and right. makes a noise when like it gets near something. Yeah, to to alarm you. Yeah, but proximity I, warning. I have I've used the self driving thing, mm-hmm. and yeah, but you weren't sleep. I well, that's the point. I don't understand how you go to sleep because I am so on edge with it because I'm <laughs> to it. Mike's point. Yeah. I don't trust it. But I, don't forget, we're when we're in the car. I know for me, and I definitely know for this from you, we're control freaks, right. and we're behind the wheel. Right. So I, I want can't complete- stand Uber. I'm the same way. Yeah. Oh, left, left, left. Yeah, so <laughs> it, I'm completely on edge, and it doesn't set well with me. I'll use it out of mm. convenience, so maybe I can text or something, but I don't like it. Yeah. Like, I, I like control. When I'm in a mm. car, I want to be in full control. So, so, this, so this commercial, they or took this, a, and by the way, they took a full page ad out in the New York Times as well. Okay, and and basically, it is against this self, this Correct. tech that Saying is out there that the yeah, National Highway Safety Transportation Administration, whatever that acronym is, should be not allowing this to work. Can I agree? I say yes. Yeah, I I, I kind of. And agree by with the way, that. if you're a Tesla guy, we're not banging on Tesla. I'm no. just waiting for them to make a convertible. Hit no, no, pace. No. Yeah, you, know, you but, stop. <laughs> I'm just making, <laughs> waiting on them to make a convertible. <laughs> Come on. No, I don't want to be like because you know Tesla people are a little kooky. That, that yes, they but, are a little kooky. Well, that's not happening with this battery thing. I'm no, gonna tell you right now. Not any type suit. That I don't want people sleeping on the road. All right, we got right. plenty more to get to. Six o'clock hours. Did Alex say today about our Braves? We're gonna fill you in and more on what we saw last night. 
in Super Bowl 57. It's Dukes and Bell on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.